How old were you when you moved to LA? 22. Did you know anyone here? No. How much money did you have when you first arrived? Negative $25,000. Where did you live when you first got here? Marina Del Rey. And what was your first job in LA? That's a good question. (laughs) You don't have, if you don't remember, it's okay. I think my first job was a bar back. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And what was your initial impression of LA? Like first, first impression. Well, I just felt it was awesome. Uh Uh-huh. So how many years did it take you to get your first job in the industry? Uh, Three months. Wow. Uh, How many years did it take you of living in LA until you felt like it was home? Over two years. And if you had to sum up LA in one word, what would it be? Incredible. Uh, I love that. that. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. so thrilled and honored to be talking with the great Adam Ambruso today. Adam is an L.A. actor, producer, and entrepreneur. Adam's first acting roles were in daytime dramas, otherwise known as the soaps, but Adam has quickly worked his way to leading roles in such feature films as Butterfly Caught, Running Wild with Sharon Stone, and Trafficked, where Adam works alongside Ashley Judd. Adam is incredibly talented, with classic leading man looks, if I do say so myself. But most of all, Adam is smart and kind, which you are about to learn for yourself. We are so happy to be talking with Adam Ambruso today. So, Adam, thank you so much yes. for yeah. being here. We're, We're so, so excited. Yeah, My so pleasure. thrilled to talk to you. My pleasure. You know, as, you. as you know, Adam, our podcasts are all geared towards helping actors, helping newer actors mm-hmm. and actors that are up and coming. And one of the things that we all hear about so much as actors these days is creating our own work. And yep. I know Adam very well. He's a good friend of mine. And I know that's something you've really mastered and worked really hard on. So that's kind of the focus of today's podcast. Even though, Adam, we could talk to you about just your acting career also, because Adam's an amazing actor, you know, in addition to that. But very kind. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Very kind. Um, but today, I think we'd love to kind of focus on the, you know, sort of getting advice and tips from you on how you've sort of done that. Cause I think for so many people, that's an enigma. It's um, really important. And it's really now. important. Yeah. Yep. I'd actually like to start yep. with Go. one question. For sure. It's just cause you are an actor as well. Mm-hmm. How did you, when did you start deciding mm-hmm. to create your own work? When did you start adding that towards also going out on auditions and sort of the more traditional actor route? Good question. Uh, the short answer is, uh, I'd say, I took that really seriously about five and a half years ago, mm-hmm. but you know, um, Hollywood's been interesting. You know, it's changing so quickly all the time. Every six months, it's like a different landscape. Yeah. And when and you know, as I've been out here and I've kind of like seen things change and um, so many crazy shifts in the industry, there's always been this advice that people have given me since I've got out here to do your own, you know, create your own work. Mm-hmm. So even I think it's more popular now, but even when I first got here, 
yeah. uh, you know, over 10 years ago, this advice was given to me, but um, sometimes you're not ready to hear it. You know, sometimes, right. you know, when the student's ready, the teacher appears, you know, right, kind of yeah. right. and I think um, I was given a lot of great advice early on and I didn't take most of it because yes. I thought, oh, they don't believe in me. Um, oh, I, you know, I'm going to do this. I had this vision of how things yeah. were going to go down and I was sort of going to cram my round peg in the square hole, whether <laughs> they liked it or not. Yeah. And I think what happens is you sort of get assimilated into the Hollywood system eventually. You know, you, you, you keep banging your head up against the wall and you're getting bloodier and bloodier. <laughs> and finally, like, wow, this doesn't feel good. Um, I'm going to stop doing that. Yeah. And I think I got frustrated and I was looking at my career and I was like, wow, I don't, I'm not happy with where I'm at. I really thought I would be much farther along. And I, and I know that this is a common lament of a lot of people. And, uh, and I was not happy with my financial situation either at the time. And I just thought, and I was listening to some kind of reading and doing some introspection and really trying to dig deep and figure out what, my life and what, what, what am I doing here? And because I wanted to take ownership of it, you know, someone said, listen, if you are where you are because of decisions you've made. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> that Ouch. That, is, oh, that doesn't that feel hurts. very good. Yeah. You mean I chose this? Oh, man. So I was like, well, if I chose this, that means I can choose to get out of this. Right. So I'm like, what do I need to do to choose to get out of this? And I just started looking at um, all the people that I thought were great, that I respected. And I was like, well, what are they doing? You know, what's, what's Pacino doing? What's, you know, what are the greats doing? Uh, or even just my peers that were, were killing it. Like, what's Leonardo DiCaprio doing? What are these guys doing? Are they doing what I'm doing? And they weren't. They had gotten their hands very dirty. Like, I was, I was sitting back waiting for an audition. You know, I was being a little proactive, like doing workshops and stuff like that. But they had all, they were like producing, directing, mm -hmm. writing, you know, yeah. collaborating. Yeah. And I, was th I just looked at myself and thought, well, how arrogant am I of me to think that I can just sit back here, put my you know legs on the on the chair, and and have someone provide opportunities for me? And I realized I need to change this right away. And and the thing is, I love the business. So a part of me was keeping myself out of doing those things because I thought, oh, it's going to cheapen myself as an actor. Mm -hmm. And this this weird thing that I'm a truest. Yeah. Uh -huh, you know, I'm uh -huh. the brooding you know guy from New York who studies with you know, Sanford Meisner. Right, right. And I started realizing that that's really self-defeating, that attitude. And I realized, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into this. And I, and I thought, I'm going to produce. I didn't even know what that meant. I just started announcing it to like everybody. I'm like, hey, I'm going to produce. <laughs> and, I, you know, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then a friend of mine goes, oh, you're going to produce. Well, my neighbors are the guys that produce the Dallas Buyers Club. I should introduce you. And I was like, uh, whoa, why didn't you introduce me? Like, <laughs> you know, but I'm like, all right, whatever. But it's interesting. It's like the world is waiting for you to tell them who you are and what you're doing. Mm. And the minute you decide and you commit, all of a sudden the world's like, oh, okay, well, we are waiting for you to say that. So here you go. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. I think it's so, also great. giving yourself permission sure. as an actor for sure. to not yeah. fit that. Because I, I, I know what you're saying, and I think many actors feel this way. It's supposed to look a certain way. You're supposed to get there. You're supposed to get that job, and then that's going to lead to the next job. Go. And it's it very rarely does for many yeah. people. It no. just doesn't, yeah. especially yeah. now. I'm going to go to Schwab Pharmacy and 
a big agent's going to discover right, me, right. like Lana Turner or whoever that happened to. Yeah. But the problem is, you know, the other thing that, that I realized when I got out here is, you know, I, like everybody else, read magazines and buy the press. Yeah. Yeah. And then as I became a student of success and a student of other people that were successful, I started putting them under the microscope and reading their real stories and yeah. finding out that they weren't so pretty. Yeah. And they were a lot different than what we were reading, you know. Yeah. You know, hey, I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard yeah. and they said, wow, you're so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make you the next Terminator or whatever, you know. Yeah. I realized that these stories were written by publicists and they weren't real. And I started really trying to become a student of what success is. And actually, it's way more fun to get involved. And now I really don't care what people think. You know, because at the end of the day, no one really, you know, people know what you tell them. You know, you don't need to tell them all the stuff you're doing if you don't want to. Yeah. But but I think now it's a it's a badge of courage. Like I'm I'm gonna do everything I can in this business. You know, when I go into a set, I'm not like, hey, I don't do windows. Sorry, you know, right. I'm gonna be over here. You know, it's like <laughs> if someone trailer. needs me as a producer to like, yeah. you know, sweep the floor, I'm gonna sweep it. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm just gonna do whatever it takes to further the job, further the career, make the movie that impacts society and it, you know acting definitely is my is my is my number one in my passion for now and maybe that might might change eventually maybe i want to direct and write more but i'm going to produce i'm going to write i'm going to direct i'm going to act i'm going to be involved and it's fun to be involved and in great work i love that me too yeah that's great I, yeah and i also love how you talk about getting in and doing everything I think that's so important too. Yeah. What was the first piece that you created? Uh, or, so, or that you had a hand, or in. that you had a hand in. Like, how did that come about? For that you? I created. Okay. Or that you collaborate? Or that maybe you made it with other people. Like, how did you? What was the? Yeah. How did that? I start? mean, the first real thing. I mean, listen. I, I I had participated in kind of tiny little shorts and five minute pieces and stuff like that, and that's cool. And I think that's important. You need to go down that road. Yeah. But I think. If I'm really looking at when there was a turning point, which is about six years ago, and there was a dramatic turning point, and it and it all interestingly came from me, not Hollywood. You know, we're waiting for these exterior, mm -hmm. um, you know, things to happen, and we're waiting on we're waiting on Hollywood. Hollywood's waiting on us to like kind of get a clue. Right. <laughs> um, so six years ago, I just made a decision. When I made that decision, yeah. I mean, it was like almost a palpable shift in in my career. I mean, it's it was like a massive turning point. When my attitude and my decisions and what I was going to do changed, it was, it was like almost overnight. And I just, you know, I forced my attitude and my vision on Hollywood. And I, and I, and I, I remember thinking, I worked for these Dallas Buyers Club guys right away. You know, I, I took that opportunity, by the way. Yeah. And I, I, and that's what really changed everything because the, the first thing they were like, hey, why don't you help us raise money for our next film starring Anthony Mackie? And Anthony Mackie was just coming up now. Uh, at this point, he wasn't as big as he is now. Um, do, are you familiar with that actor? Yeah, yeah, okay. sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had another friend of mine in acting class. Uh, I was studying at Scott Sedita acting class, and there was mm -hmm. another guy in there. And, you know, you can always pick out the other guys that also get it. Mm -hmm. There's only, you know, there's usually two or three guys. You're mm -hmm. like, when we got something, mm -hmm. we're going to work together, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I called him up. and I'm like, hey, listen, remember you said you felt like producing? I feel like producing. I got an opportunity for us. And we found fin the funding for the for about one third of the film, and they passed on it. And that's when things started changing because even though that film didn't go anywhere, and 
I felt like I wasted a lot of time at the time. It really showed me that I could do it. Mm -hmm. And then that's when started, things started changing. And I realized I need to get around more people that are doing these producing things because films sometimes go, sometimes they don't go, sometimes they take five yeah. years. And then I, that's when I sought out Will Wallace, which was a defining moment for me. Uh, I went out and sought out someone who is producing and directing and getting behind their students and people that they believe in. And Will is really the one that, that, um, so the answer to your question, yeah. I know it's getting convoluted. No, that's okay. The, the film that I worked on with the Dallas Bioscope guys didn't go. Okay. Okay. But when I, but it showed me that I needed to have more of these producing camps, mm -hmm. like five of them, I was thinking is in my head at the time. And I went out and sought out Will Wallace. Will Wallace is Terrence Malick's stepson. Terrence Malick is a prolific filmmaker. Yeah, sure. And um, I took his acting class and I just thought, I thought I'm going to take his acting class for six months. I'm going to show him I'm committed. I'm going to show him that I'm talented. And then I'm going to walk up to him and I'm going to tell him that we're going to produce together. And I had this, wow. this idea of 30 films. I'd come up with this random Wait, he's, idea. okay, the acting teacher is Terrence Malick's son? Stepson, yeah. Stepson, okay. Yeah. So, sorry to interrupt, but... Yeah. You, the reason that you, first of all, I love the, like, it reminds me a little of the podcast we did with Rob Zombie because he was also very, I mean, you're a very different type than Rob Zombie, but he was <laughs> but very like, Rob, he had sure. a plan, you know, he yeah. was like, I was going to do this and then this and then this. And I think even if you don't follow through on that exact plan, that's okay. But yeah. having the plan is really important, but, yep. um, okay. So, but I just want to totally understand it because I love everything you're saying. So take, so he, Yes, Terrence Malick, beautiful filmmaker, but why did you feel like that teacher, does he produce things? Like, why did you feel like he was the one that was going to be your partner? Why okay. Was, yeah. So here's, I was uh, sh shortcutting a lot of stuff because I was like, I don't know how much time I have. Yeah. <laughs> so much you to got say. all the time you want. Okay. So okay. here's the deal. So uh, let me just kind of take a step backwards. So yeah. I was sitting up at my, I, I had um, <clears throat> been fortunate enough to get a house. I was sitting at my house and I was looking out and I was uh, dissatisfied with my life in general. Um, mm -hmm. on, on, on many levels, you know, mm -hmm. I had had some successes, but, um, was, I was definitely not where I want to be. and wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And, um, I listened to a very wise person and I want to give a plug to Tony Robbins, but I was listening to Tony I Robbins. Love Tony I love Robbins. Tony okay, Robbins. Yeah. So I was listening to Robbins <laughs> and he said, um, he said something really wise. You, you are sort of Tony Robbins-esque. Oh, wow. Younger, like. Probably because I've listened to him so much. Yeah. I'm like, you know? Yeah, but right? you are. Yeah, yeah. There's a similar um, wow, interesting. And yeah. stature. Yeah, interesting. Wow. I, I mean, I've I'll listened, take this compliment I've listened, because I've I love him. He's huge compliment. He's no. great. Thank you. Okay, so you were listening. So, so you were. I was not happy, so I just wanted to fill my head with some wisdom. So, yeah. I've been given these CDs of his, and yeah. So I just started playing in the mornings, and he said something really wise. He just said, "Listen, um, you can't think about more than one thing at, at once." And mm -hmm. I was kind of depressed a little bit at the time. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, I was like, well, he said, substitute depression with, with action, massive action. Ooh, so great. I thought, wow, okay, well, massive action. If I'm not happy with my career and I'm not happy with my finances, what does that look like for massive action? And I just started thinking, hmm, I bet you if I did 30 films, oh my, God. my career would look a little different than it does today. I don't know why that name, number came to me. And I just thought, I cut 40 sounded too crazy. 20 didn't sound like enough. So I thought 30 sounded good. <laughs> oh my God. So I thought, I'm going to do 30 films. I just made a decision right there. And I thought, I didn't like my finances either. And I thought, well, and, and I saw some people like renovating houses on my street. And I thought, I bet you if I renovated 30 homes. And I know Jeremy Renner had done that as well. And we had a similar manager uh, at one point. So I kind of had followed him and his finances as well. Right. And I thought... I, Bet you if I renovated 30 homes, my 
finances will look a little different too. So I, I just came up with this idea. I'm going to do 30 and 30. I'm going to build 30 homes and I'm going to do 30 movies. Oh my God. So that's where that came from. And then, and then the reason I chose Will was not, it's not that I just chose some random guy. What, you know, I just started looking at my life going, okay, because there's another concept that I was made aware of by another wise guy. It might've been Tony. I'm not sure, but they just said, listen, everything you need in your, because I had this thing where, oh, I don't have the tools. Oh, I don't have right. what I need. I had this idea in my head. Yeah. And they're like, no, that's not true. Everything that you need to get where you want to go is within your hands right now. You have it. And I thought, yeah. well, if that's true, then I don't need to necessarily go out and find somebody that that's cool too. I just thought, well, who do I know that I've met casually or not so casually that could change things for me? Yeah. And I had met this guy, Will Wallace, at church, a church that I went to, like, I don't know, a few years ago. We'd become chummy and friends. And I considered him more of a peer, but which was ridiculous because the guy was, he's destroying it. He did like 30 films <laughs> as a director and, you know, he's been in every Terrence Malick film ever made. Right. So I just thought, wow. And he's, and he's, I, I started finding out that he would, he would get behind his students. He would put, he had built some careers. He had some students who are now like, we're doing, you know, huge films now because he'd gotten behind them and mentored them. And I thought, well, what am I doing? I need to go after, I need to go after this guy. So I did, I went after him. And I took his class, and we already were friends, so we hit it off even more. And and, um, and then six months after I took his class, I just walked up to him and I said, "You know, we're going to produce thirty movies together." <laughs> oh my god, that's so ballsy! I love it. I love it. <laughs> what did he say? He kind of looked at me like I was a little insane, um, <laughs> but he's very polite. He go, he looked at me. He goes, "Okay." <laughs> um, but the cool thing that happened there was it shifted how he viewed me. Yeah. yeah. I was telling him how, how to yeah. see me, right? And he brought a script to me called Butterfly Caught. And that's the first film that we did together. And it was kind of like my way to earn his trust. Yeah. And um, uh, he said, hey, this is a Hollywood story. I don't like Hollywood stories typically, but this is really good. I think you should read it. And I think I could introduce you to the director as a producer actor. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's a first-time director for Sony. Um, so if you like it, tell me, let me know, and I'll I'll organize a meeting. And I read the script. The script was awesome. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. I want to play the role of Randy. And he goes, well, let's organize it. So I went to Sony in a suit and tie. And uh, is this too long? No. Okay, God, good. it's perfect. So, okay. So I met, um, just cut me off. No, But I met, him at, I met him as a producer, and we got along really well. And I was walking. He was giving us a tour of Sony, and I was in front of them. And, and he said to Will, he goes, you know, he could play any, either of the male leads. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's what I was telling you. Because we hit it, I hit it off with the director as well. And um, so it led to a, a kind of a casting process where I ended up fighting for that role. Because I just, you know, when I got done in that meeting, I was like, Will, what do I do? He's like, hey, listen, I did my part. You know, yeah. I made the introduction. Yeah. Now, now the ball's in your court. So I thought, you know, at this point in my life, it's time for me to start taking big risks and big chances and really put my, put my, you know, my stuff on the line, so to say, so to speak. So... I called them up and I just said, hey, listen, there's no sense in us even talking about me producing unless you really like my work as an actor and you really see me as one of these roles. And he said, I, I agree. I said, well, why don't, we, why don't I prepare the two most crucial scenes for the two male leads and prepare them back to back for you in a Hollywood studio um, in a couple of weeks? And he said, okay. So let me just back you up for one second if yeah. I may. Awesome. So the reason that you did this was because you... 
because you were producing it. So one might be wondering, well, just produce it and put yourself in it because you're the producer. But is, is it because you wanted to attach him as director so you could go out when you were raising the money as a producer? And in order to attach him as a director, you had to first like, okay, was it a little bit of dangling or, or like, was it, was it a little bit of a like um, business arrangement where you were like, we're not going any further until we both understand that I'm going to play a part in this was like, was that a little bit what was happening there? It was, it became a little nebulous because they, so they needed money like everybody, right. right, To, to do the film. They had some money and they, but they wanted more and they liked the idea of, uh, people coming in and and put in and becoming, you know, 20 here, 50 here, 20 here, 50 here. Right. Right. And Sony had gotten behind this guy already. So he didn't need a lot of money because they were donating all the sets, all the equipment. They, they already believed in him. Okay. But he was borrowing money. He was getting money for like post and 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 a couple of names. So I think ideally he was like thinking that it'd be great if I came in and had a small role. Okay, initially, gotcha. uh-huh. and paid and and this is very common that I and I didn't I wasn't aware of this because here's what happened. Two steps back, Will looked at me and he said, "Listen, you're at a place where I really believe in you. I really think you have what it takes to do very well, and I think you need to start making very smart moves." He said, "You're you're you." You've got a job. You're not broke. And I think people that really believe in themselves and have talent will start to put money where their mouth is mm-hmm. to get where they want to go. Mm-hmm. He goes, and I think if I bring you key opportunities mm-hmm. that I vet and know will be good for you, I think, and I'll tell you when, those come, that you should put 20 grand in or, mm-hmm. or something and then put yourself into a situation where you're in a life-changing role. Uh-huh. And I, I listened to him as a mentor and I thought, okay. Even if I had to borrow twenty grand or yeah. cash advance off a credit card, whatever I had to do, yeah. I, I, I believe in myself at this point so much. I was like, "Fine, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is." Mm-hmm. And he brought this opportunity to me, and they said, "And, and he said they want 50. He's like, "But I think I can get him down to 20. So this idea was, "Hey, before I met him, I thought, "Okay, if I really believe in this, and he believes in me, and I get a role that I really want, I'm willing to invest twenty thousand to a film I believe in." Yeah, sure. Um, You're a producer also. And I'm, yeah. a, I'm a producer. Yeah. <laughs> so what ended up happening was we hit it off and I ended up fighting for the role. Uh, the read went really well. Mm-hmm. He was like, wow, that was great. Um, I said, you want to see anything else? He's like, no, that's the first time I've ever seen it put up. I just want to see you do it again. I was like, wow, this is awesome. I thought I had the role and I didn't mm. um, because I realized he's not the only decision maker. His right. wife is an equal decision maker, if not more so the wife. In relationships tends to be yes. a very dominant <laughs> I'm familiar with that yeah, dynamic chooser <laughs> in that relationship. So I ended up fighting and going against names and going through a pretty lengthy um, casting process that ended at Sony with eight people behind a table. You know, after I auditioned for that role, I got a I got a call on my voicemail a week later and they said, um, uh, congratulations, you made it to callbacks for the role of some other character. Which is small, <laughs> small. And I was like Oh shoot! What, I, I don't have the role. This is not what I thought. So I actually called them up. I'm like, well, I'm not going to stop being ballsy now. So I yeah, called yeah. them up and I said, "Hey, thank you for callbacks for the role of Will. Whatever, right. But I really, if I'm being honest with you, I really want to play the role of Randy." He's like, "Oh yeah, of course. You can prepare that role too." And I'm like, "Great! I get to do two auditions while everybody's <laughs> doing one." So I went to I went to Sony and and a bunch of dudes that look like me <coughs> rolling up and down the hallway. Yeah. And, and, and guys that had worked a lot, frankly. And I was like, wow, this could go, this could go anyway. They yeah. really, at the end of the day, the director's the truest. He's like, 
yeah, it's great that you come on as a producer, but at the end of the day, he's like, that's not what's most important to me. I want the best person for the role. Yeah. So that just got me in the door to meet, to meet him, really, was what I found out. Yeah. So I Which went in audition. Which is big, too, What's right? That? That's huge, too. Which yeah, is that's huge. To meet the director just to, get to, to be making just those connections. Just to be this far along, sure. to me, was already a win. Yeah, yeah that's a huge win. I was a, and, that, and that attitude, I think, is what really propelled what happened next. Yeah. Is this just attitude of gratitude, sort of, right? Yeah. So I walked in, and eight people were behind the table, and I was like, wow, this is crazy. First time I've ever really auditioned for eight people. I did my first audition and it was it went well. And then I did the new prepared scene that they had that all the actors were doing for the role of Randy. It was the first time I've ever been in a room and I felt the room energy shift. Because, you know, when there's eight people in there, you can really feel it. When there's mm-hmm. one or two, it's hard to sense. Yeah, yeah, sure. But with, I, I, I did the, at the end of that scene, I could feel the whole room shift with me. Uh-huh. Like there with it was a very moving scene and i was like they were all on my side at the uh-huh. and but and so it went really well and i didn't realize i i still didn't know if i got it so i went about my day and did my you know job all day and then i got a call from the director in the day and he said listen you know i asked lisa when i got home i said you know she'd seen every male actor in town there's some names that they were really hot on and she said uh you know i asked her who's randy she said you know adam's randy he said so oh, i know you really wow. fought for that role I want you to pat yourself on the back because you got the role, Randy. Wow. So I became an actor in that film and I chose not to be enlisted as a producer uh-huh. because I really felt like more than anything in that film, I was an actor. Uh-huh. You know. And that wow. film is what set up Trafficked. So Will saw that he can bring me into an environment and that I could excel and I could, I could do well and, 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 yeah. and deliver. Mm-hmm. And he brought a bigger film to me and he said, okay, you know, Butterfly Cop was great. I'm going to bring you a bigger film. This is going to be, you know, we'll look at it, Ashley Judd for the lead. You're not going to play one of the lead characters. You're going to play more of a supporting character. But read it. If it inspires you, you like the, you like the script, um, then you can produce it and have a role. And I read it. And he, everything he brings to me, whenever he says that, it's I'm like... I should just know now. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. He doesn't bring me. Yeah. You know, if it makes it this far, it's good. Yeah. yeah. So he brought me the script and I was like, I was infuriated. It infuriated me. I had no idea that human trafficking was such a big problem. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand what human trafficking was. And um, I was so moved by the script. And I really feel like that script chose me. Like, I, I, you know, I just happened to have the ability to get the thing made. I read it and I was like, wow, these guys from Dallas Buyers Club I think would really be inspired by this film. Oh wow! Because this is their kind of change the world Academy yeah, Award sure. kind of stuff, you know. And I called up, uh, you know, one of the producers from from Dallas Buyers Club in Houston, and I said, "You got to read this script." And I sent it to him, and he has a daughter, and was very moved by the script. Yeah. And I said, "You need to meet Will," and I arranged a meeting, and Will flew out to Texas, and Will's from Texas as well, and Sparks flew. And they became, they kind of led us to our first money for the film. And wow. I immediately became a producer on that film and then, and then had a kind of pivotal, smaller, smaller role, but a pivotal role in the film. And uh, got them a lot of their locations. I, you know, uh, my, my great uncle's Buck Owens, so I got them, you know, Bakersfield for free and 
we filmed at the old Buck Owens Ranch. Oh um, and uh, lots of cool things happened. And I got really involved in that film and became a, an integral part of it getting made within six months. And that film had sat for about four years. And that's why yeah. I say people say, you know, people ask me, why, why did you, how did you choose human trafficking? And I'm like, I didn't choose human trafficking. You know, I just feel like sometimes the, the project, you know, chooses you. Mm-hmm. And I think it came to me because that project came to me because I had the ability to get it made. Yeah. I love that. You know, that reminds me, I, I have so many like thoughts about everything you just <coughs> said, cause it's all so good. Um, the first thing is, uh, I, I love Elizabeth Gilbert. I don't know if you know Elizabeth Gilbert. She, uh, Big okay. Magic. And, oh, okay. Um, so good. But she, in her book, she talks about uh, how, like, she believes that, like, ideas are kind of floating around in the universe. And they land on us. And then we have the choice to be like, yeah, I'm going to take that idea and use it. Yep. Or not. Or we, like, kind of pass on the idea, you know, in a sort of spiritual sense or whatever. But... Like, it's okay. It's it's not a bad thing to pass, maybe for whatever reason. And then that idea just bounces on and it finds somebody else. And then that person uses that idea, you know? Mm-hmm. But So I love that idea of you saying it found you because I feel like that's sort of that same thing. And there's so many things that you talked about that I think are so great and so applicable to an actor at any stage. I think my favorite is just going back to that you had a plan, that you had a grand plan, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, that's amazing to me. And that it wasn't like tomorrow I'm going to do this. You know, it wasn't impulsive. It wasn't like it has to happen today or it's not mm-hmm. real. You know, it was like in six months I'm going to, you know, and you're, it's like you're patient, you know, like you, um, you say in six months I'm going to approach him and then I'm going to prove myself to him and then I'm going to get the next thing. Like it's, it's all understanding that you have to pay your dues and yep. you have to prove yourself to people. I love all of that. And I also awesome. really love that when they came to you, because this happens in Hollywood so often, mm-hmm. where it, it almost feels kind of tricky, where somebody's like, guess what? I have great news. You're going to get to play that little role. You got a call yeah. back. And yeah. you were like, um, right. yeah. <laughs> no, because what I really want is the bigger. And that you, because I think so many of us at that point, I think I would, would have this feeling of like, oh shit, you know, I really wanted the other role, but like, I should just be grateful that I'm getting this. So I'm not going to say anything because then I'll seem not grateful and, you know, um, entitled or whatever. And, yeah. but you managed to say, thank you for that. But actually what I really want is that, you know, yeah. Graciousness. Yeah. It's right. like yeah. graciousness, yeah. but also like you said, ballsiness mm-hmm. and honesty you know, and, and sort of the idea of like, it doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah. 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 You know, people can say, no, it's okay to ask. It doesn't mean you're presumptuous or whatever you can still. So I just think there's so much to be learned in that whole story. It's awesome. Also belief in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's so tricky for actors in terms of how we're actually really trained to think about what we do. You know, it is, you know, you, you have the big actors or the name actors and they kind of get everything at that point, right? Mm-hmm. In yeah. a sense. And then you have the people that are working their way up yep. and they're a little bit subservient and you don't need to be that way at all right. to really value your own worth and what right. you're offering. Yes. That's wonderful. I would so well said. love to just go back to kind of the way beginning because yeah. I'd love to just hear... Like you, you sort of touched on for a second that you said, oh, you know, I did like a couple shorts and whatever in the very beginning. And, Mm -hmm. but then I got to the big stuff and the big stuff's awesome. And certainly everybody listening right now is, wants to get to the big stuff too. So that's, that's helpful. But 
I'd love to just know like what, if you can, I know it was a long time ago, but if you can remember like what the first sort of little ones looked like, like what yeah. did the short look like? Did you, and oh, I just want to quickly though say also what I love is the thing about that you found that guy in the acting class. Cause Camille and I talk about that a lot when yeah. we're coaching with clients yeah. so is like, find, find your people, you know, right. go to an acting class, zero in on somebody and call them up and do exactly what you did and say, Hey, I think we want the same things. Yeah. So let's work together right. to get that thing. Yep. Cause there's power in numbers for sure. Yes. For sure. Um, but anyway, so I'd love to just know, like, did you, did you create a, sh- like, what was the very first and, and did you find a director? Did you find a, how'd you, how'd you kind of do that? First thing that I created or first thing that I, cause I, I booked stuff. First thing that you created, first thing that you like self-produced and it it doesn't even have to be the first thing, but how did you start sort of putting together, did you go to a film school to find a director? Did you like, how did you, how did you make the first short film or the first, you know? You know, I wish I had some sort of like, that's a great question by the way. And I wish I had some sort of cohesive answer for that because embarrassingly, I mean, I wish... If I could go back, I'd do a lot of things differently, right? Tell us, what would you do? Well, I mean, I would have seriously creating my stuff and having mentors really early on. Yeah. You know, like I really like what Britt Marling did. You know, I really love that she just immediately started creating films and taking it to Sundance because she saw she wasn't getting um, parts because she's not the the typical blonde bombshell, although she is an attractive girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then she just, you know, is like, well, you know, I want to do TV. I'm so she just creates the OA with yeah. uh, with a director that wants to direct, and now they've yeah. just made their careers. I love stories like that, and I wish that I had more direction and that kind of stuff, and done that kind of stuff early on. But you know, I was I didn't have a lot of direction, and I and I I think I had some really faulty beliefs about how this thing worked out here, and so I I had this attitude that I'm proactive and I'm not lazy. I'm going to do stuff, but it, I never would complete it. Like I would be like, Oh, well like one, I'll give you an example. Early on, I found an idea for a script mm-hmm. and a movie. I'd read an article and, and I was dating a girl at the time and we we're both like, like in tears reading this guy's story out of a Texas magazine. So I contacted him. She's like, you got to do his story. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I contacted the paper and I got in touch with the guy and I flew down there. He flew down here. I mean, I took it really seriously. Like I was going to do this guy's story. And I wrote, and then I, I uh, Will at the time, um, who's just an acquaintance. Mm-hmm. Now he's the mentor, but he was an acquaintance. He set me up with a writer in New York and he flew out and we were going to co-write the script together. And it just never yeah. worked out. Yeah. I, it's I, a lot of effort. We and all relate we wrote, to that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And then I did, and then like, and then I got inspired about another story that I created that yeah. was going to be set in Texas. And then I just never completed anything. Yeah. So there's a lot of like starts and stops and not knowing what I'm doing. And, and I, I don't think I just had, I, I just wish I would have chosen one thing and just got into a writing group or got around other filmmakers and just thought I'm going to trip and stumble my way through this and complete one thing. And that's I think perfect. that's what changed later on is I just started completing things yeah, and being more putting my, you know, having an added attitude of, I'm going to dig my heels in mm-hmm. and come hell or high water. This is getting done. Yeah. And then I'll do something else. Yeah. And that idea, and that, that it was funny as I heard that a long time ago, they said that you want to be happy, complete what you start. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, wow, I wish I would have 
taken that more seriously. Yeah. Because I was yeah. never <laughs> completing anything. I was just starting about like start a thousand things and never complete anything. Yeah. And I think that's been the real big change for me is completing things, seeing things to completion. I, I think that's that. I think that's so good because I think it's true for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. You know, it's hard to it's really... especially if you're doing something on your own or you're entrepreneurial. It's hard to keep the momentum, yeah. you know, it's, it's cause all the demon voices are in your head. Like, Oh, maybe this isn't very good after all. And the freshness of the new idea starts to not feel so fresh anymore. Mm-hmm. And, right. and then you're like, Oh, it's too hard. Yeah. And, and um, there's the middle part that always feels the middle part yeah. sucks. My, like, it's funny. My nephew said to my daughter, my nephew's a really good guitar player. And my daughter was starting to play. And my nephew said, in the beginning, it's super fun. Mm-hmm. Then it gets awful and not fun at all. Yeah. And then it gets fun again. Yeah. And I was like, it's oh, it's such a good lesson for life in yeah. general. Yeah. It's really. true of everything. So true. So yeah, that's such a good, like what you just said, the middle part, like push through that middle part. Yeah. I mean, I wish I had that story like, oh, I did the five minute film. Yeah. And I did the 10 minute film. No, I and like then your I did the answer feature. even better. And I just. story's better yeah, than that. That's better. Completely. Mine, was, mine, mine wasn't as cool as that. <laughs> no, but it, but it is Nobody's so cool. Nobody's is though. Like, but it is because, I mean, th- I think that's, I think there is a point where you make the decision to actually complete things. Yeah. I think yeah. everybody yep. feels that way. That's yeah. it. You know, and, and I think, you know, what you're saying is just do it sooner. Yes. You know, yeah. and don't like, wait. don't, yeah. don't give up. I mean, as you're talking, I can think of a number of things that I could have completed in Not different me. ways. Yeah. I completed everything. Jen's perfect. <laughs> oh a million, a million things. Uh, Are you but kidding? That's Such a, lot. a lesson. But yeah. that's a lot about, I think too, what you're saying. I mean, from just hearing you talk, it is a little bit about the self reflection that you were finding in your own life. Yeah. I mean, Tony Robbins does talk about a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you make a decision to move through it. And, and I think that's the tricky part too, is, um, that idea that everything's supposed to be easy. Oh no, it's supposed to be easier. You're supposed to always feel good. No, it doesn't actually work like that. Like, yes, will you feel good a lot of the time? Absolutely. Sure. But there are going to be like, you're like Jen was saying about the demons and all that, but it's also sometimes it kind of sucks to have to do yeah. work. Yes. Yeah. Like sometimes it's you don't want to wash the yeah. window or sweep the floor <laughs> yeah, and you right. just kind of got to do it. At 5.30 in the morning. Uh, yeah, yeah. 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> when some actor hasn't shown up and yeah. you're feeling like I would play that part if I could. Yeah. There you go. yeah. <laughs> right? Well, no, it's well said. You know, that's another, you know, another key thing that's kind of like, it's not even about acting, but it affects everything. Um, you know, people... I, I will hear people that say this all the time, and I used to say it too. And when I when people say it, I always cringe. I'm like, oh, that was me. <laughs> um, but they'll say things like, oh, well, you know, that door closed, so I guess that's not what I was supposed to do. Mm. Or this seems to be working out, and this is not working out. So I think that this is the path I'm supposed to go on. And, yeah. and this idea that the easy path yeah. is the path you're supposed to be taking. And that's so ridiculous. Yeah. Now that I've lived life and I realize that most of the time, it's not the easy path. Yeah. It's actually the terrible <laughs> one. Yeah, that's you know, so it's dis- true. Your, your blessing is disguised in some terrible problem. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know true. what I'm saying? Yeah. I remember a guy said, he said, he was... He goes, we ask for a blessing. He goes, God likes to wrap it up in the problem. He goes, the bigger the, the, bigger the blessing, the bigger the problem. And I'm like, wow, that would have been some good, good uh, insight early on when I was taking the easy path, yeah. you know? You know, a friend of mine the other day said, hey, do you think I'll have to wear a suit? I go, I hope you do. I hope it's miserable. <laughs> you know, I hope if you feel some pain, because I did. Um, but, 
the other thing is I, I feel like I didn't get wisdom early enough. I feel like I didn't understand yeah. the power of what's between your two ears. Mm-hmm, it yeah. determines everything. It's more important than your looks, your, 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 it determines your weight, everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Women are so afraid of weight. So yes, your, well, your even, brain. But, yeah, your but brain. even, <laughs> even, even wisdom helps you determine how, what your weight is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally like it is it. the keys to the kingdom. And I feel like yeah. early on, like early on, I would listen to something. Someone would say, hey, here's some, here's some wisdom. Here's some books. Here's some self-improvement. I would listen to it. And it'd make me feel really good. I was like, wow, this is weird. Why is this making me feel good? And I'd stop. <laughs> right. And then, um, but now I've, I've really committed to like reading a book every three weeks and then yeah. trying to change that to book every two weeks, a book every one week. And then actually making sure I'm have, I've targeted reading. Like I'm, I'm reading the best books ever written. Right. Right. And I'm reading books that are leading me into wisdom of what I want to do. And I just wish I would have done that earlier because I think that would have, that would have got rid of a lot of those weird just isms that I was yeah. thinking about life. And I thought I had it figured out and I really wish I would have just spent time sharpening the sword, developing me as a human being. Yeah. And I feel like it, cause a lot of people haven't had great parental direction. Yeah, you know, for sure. I feel like some people come out here and they launch a little faster because <laughs> yeah. they've got some people kind of guiding them right. or they've had some really good p- parenting. Right. Yeah. But if you're, re- if you're raised by a single mom who wasn't around and wasn't equipped to, to raise you, yeah. you know, yeah. a child raising a child, yeah. you know, you have to go out there and aggressively be proactive and develop yourself and develop your brain and understand how the world works. And yeah. I wish I would have done that earlier. Yeah. So I, if someone's listening right now, sign up for Audible tomorrow yeah. and put that on 1.25 and start cramming yeah. <laughs> good stuff in your brain. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, reading biographies of other actors, reading how-to books on writing and directing, or just on how to be a human being of other successful people, like, you know, what is Elon Musk doing? Mm -hmm. You know, what is Steve Jobs doing? Why were these guys remarkable? Yeah. You know, um, I would tell someone to do that. If I I could talk to myself and I could go back in time, I would be like, read. Yeah. Listen to podcasts. Listen to, you know work on yourself yeah oh my god adam i love i'm so sad to say that we're out of time because (laughs) everything you're saying is so inspiring to me um and i'm sure to to everybody and uh such such good stuff thank you so much for for sharing all your insight and wisdom and um the the reason that we are that we created this this um thing that we have created speak la is exactly for the reasons that you're talking yeah. about because we feel exactly the same way you do. You know, Camille and I looked at our careers and we were like, ah, why didn't we figure all this stuff out when we were yeah. 20? You know, so yeah. so you're you're really preaching to the choir and and we appreciate that. And uh, I think we'd love to just end with one quick, not to put you on the spot, yeah. but we always ask everybody if they have, especially people that came from somewhere else like you did, yeah. um, what we call an LAism, which is something that is unique to LA that you've noticed. Is there anything you can think of that's... Um... I love this question. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I don't know if our guests do, but yeah. we do. <laughs> no. I mean, actually, there's so many things that are yeah. unique to LA. So I was like, what's the wittiest thing I could say? You know, like, oh my God, that's almost like your, your death right there. Yeah, right. It doesn't have to be witty. You try to be witty. Yeah. But, you know, uh, for me, something that's so, so apparent is 
everybody in LA is either doing yoga or they're dressed in yoga clothes. And I am evident so of that because I'm dressed head to toe in yoga stuff right now. So, and I actually have only done yoga a handful of times. So that's, that's probably hilarious. it. That's awesome. It's so true. You, you really, it's like there's a guard at the gate of Hollywood saying like, do you do yoga? Because if right. you yeah. don't, you're not allowed yeah. yet. You're, you're not spiritual then. Yeah, you're not evolved. Yeah, I'm sorry, spiritual. you have to go home. Yeah. So yeah. I think the lesson is if you don't do yoga, then at least buy the yoga clothes. That's yeah, right. wear the yes. clothes. Yes, exactly. support the cause. And flip-flops. Flip <laughs> That's right, Adam, which I have on too. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, yeah, this yeah, wonderful. Thank you guys Fantastic. as well for the thank opportunity. Thank you so much. Really appreciate yeah, it. It's fun. Hey, thanks for listening today. Tune in next time for Speak LA, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>